You're listening to Wealth Tech on Deck, a podcast about the future of wealth management technology, brought to you by Life Yield. Here's your host, Jack Sherry. Hello, friends. Welcome to Wealth Tech on Deck. Today, we are celebrating our one year anniversary of publishing this weekly podcast. As our regular listeners know, each week I talk with people who are developing strategies, building platforms, and leading the way as they seek to help advisors, clients, participants, and firms enjoy better financial outcomes. And all this is around the confluence of digital and human advice. Our guests have included many out-of-the-box thinkers who understand the urgency of the changing landscape around financial advice, especially with all the wave of retirements that we read about every day. But for today's show, I'm going to switch from host to guest. I asked my colleague and friend, Matt Nolman, who normally produces the show each week, to act as the host, to sit in the host chair, and together we'll recount some of our favorite episodes and guests and lessons learned along the way. So, Matt, you're in charge. Thanks, Jack. Glad to be here. So, essentially, over the past year of recording this entire podcast, we heard from a lot of extremely interesting people. and. Frankly, we're pretty blown away by the response of our initial show with 50 episodes that we recorded, 3,600 listeners, and almost 10,000 downloads. It's really cool to look back at some of the things that we've seen, heard, and, and accomplished over the course of the year. So today, I know, Jack, you want to explore some of the themes and the lessons learned from some of the most impactful episodes that we had. So why don't you kick us off? Yep. We've learned a bunch from each of the podcasts. Every one of them has brought me and our listeners some new insight and some of the best thinkers and doers in our business. I underscore doers. We like thinkers, but we like people who get stuff done. But beyond what we've learned, this has been a lot of fun getting to know people, their strategies. And I have to say, I've been around a while. This has really been the most enjoyable and instructive undertaking of my career. So for today, I will give you a highlights tour of what we heard and why I think it is so important to share. But the real benefit uh, for those who are listening is to listen again. I actually do this with some regularity, and I learn something every time I listen to it because our guests have really been terrific, and they're really at the forefront of what's coming. So check us out at lifefield.com. There's some great episodes. We'll talk about many of them today. So go back and listen, check them out. I think you'll find them to be very worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, I know I've enjoyed recording and listening to every episode of this show. And I know for a fact that this is going to be an enlightening episode. So I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So let's rock. So, okay. So let's get into it. So let's start with some of the key themes of the guests who are at the forefront of some of the things that we just talked about in our intro. So first of all, what are some of the big themes that stood out to you across the 50 episodes that we recorded over the last year? Probably the biggest theme and the most also that happens to coincide with our most listened episodes are all around the strategy, design, and execution of what I'm now calling comprehensive advice platforms. There's a lot of work across the industry being done to pull together lots of different capabilities of product and financial technology and and so on and so on. So, um, And there's a specific area. So it's not just comprehensive advice platforms, whatever that might mean. And we'll talk about that in some detail in a moment. But it's really about the convergence of retirement and wealth management, the 401k, defined contribution, retirement business, and the wealth management, what used to be called the broker-dealer world, RAA world, now called wealth management to capture it all. And probably our most, not probably, our most uh, popular episode has been with Ed Murphy, who's the CEO of Empower Personal Capital. Ed and his team have done, a, in my estimation, a brilliant job of acquiring multiple record keepers, where Empower is now the second largest record keeper to Fidelity. They spent four or $5 billion doing that. 
And while they've been uh, on this buying spree, they have been building advice and guidance capabilities as reflected by their purchase of personal capital. I think there's a lot more to come there, but that is our most popular episode because I think it's one of the cooler strategies that we've observed. Really interesting. I know that I remember a lot about that episode and there's no surprise that that's the top of our list. I know a lot of the conversations that we've had that are the most engaging are the ones where the executives are focused on growth or establishing a new sector or something that's really cutting edge. And I know one of those conversations that really resonated along these lines was one we recently had with Aaron Chum, who is the CEO of Vestwell and unarguably a disruptive force in today's retirement business. So why don't you talk a little bit about that one? Yeah. Yeah. So Aaron is shaking it up. He had a cool idea. You'll hear it on the podcast, how it came about. Classic startup bootstrap mentality. They're up to something like 240 employees at this point. They are rocking it. And essentially what they did is they applied very smart technology to the 401k business. They kept things really simple. Oh, by the way, that's a theme that we need to underscore again and again, keep it really simple. So that people could gain guidance around their plans with a specific focus. Another theme is focus. Their specific focus around small businesses. So another conversation we had that was, I think, particularly noteworthy was uh, with Kuba Med and Harshendu Bindal, who are our friends from uh, Franklin Templeton. They're also doing some very interesting things in the defined contribution 401k retirement space. Their CEO at Franklin Templeton has just she's firing on all cylinders and. Kub and Marcindo are talking about what they're doing specific to the DCI side, but it will impact well beyond and stay tuned to that story. But that was another favorite story of mine. And my conversations with Ed and Aaron and Kub and Arshendu highlighted that most people are getting their initial retirement advice now from their employers through their defined contribution plan custodians. They're uh, Really, that's the starting point. That's a whole other trend we'll talk about on our next favorite uh, topic that we'll cover, Matt. Very interesting. For me, coming into the industry a few years ago, it was really illuminating to see how many different tech companies partnered with each other across the ecosystem. So really, one thing that we know is that both Vestwell and Empower are partnered with Morgan Stanley. I know you yourself are a huge fan of what Morgan Stanley is doing in the wealth management space. And I hear a lot of that praise you know, every day working with you, Jack. But I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about Morgan Stanley and why you think their strategy is just so unique in the marketplace. Yeah. So it's true. I am a sucker for a great strategy. The smartest yet is what's going on at Morgan Stanley. I've been following James Gorman for a long time. He's currently the chairman, CEO, and mastermind of Morgan Stanley's strategy. And he's been at this thing for a long time. The first I heard of uh, Morgan Stanley's strategy so clearly articulated was when Andy Saperstein, who heads Morgan Stanley's wealth management business, said in Barron's in 2018, that they had $2 trillion of their clients' assets at the time, and they were going to use new technology, and we're frankly part of that, to try to earn the other $2 trillion of assets they knew their clients held elsewhere. So Gorman recently reported year-end results for 2021 on the earnings call that they held January, February, that they had taken in $206 billion in net new assets last year. And he referred to it as freakish in terms of the size of the assets. So their strategy, which we followed, we followed them closely, obviously, was had $2 trillion, want to get the other $2 trillion. Well, they didn't 10% of that number last year. By the way, they now currently have $10 trillion. So let's talk a little bit about how they got to $10 trillion, and that was through acquisition. Essentially, what they did is they bought the E-Trade business to, to go direct to consumer. They bought Solium, which is a plan administrator in the retirement space, and they have a whole retirement effort around Morgan Stanley at work, and they partner with the likes of 
Bestwell and Empower and, and others. They also bought Eaton Vance Parametric to add to their asset management capabilities. So now they have $10 trillion of assets and the other half of the assets of those people that own those assets are, are elsewhere. And it continues to be trying to feed that those assets into the uh, wealth management business. And we'll talk a little bit more in a moment about the wealth management business at Morgan Stanley. But the strategy, the way they pulled all this together is how do we make it attractive? How do we reach out to people where they live, where they work? And how do we make it attractive to bring assets to Morgan Stanley? In that effort to bring those assets over, one thing that we've heard uh, multiple times is central to that strategy is the technology partnerships and the technology that they use in order to communicate the value of what they can bring to the table. And two of the people that we've worked with to do this, Rose Palazzo and Eric Lordy, both formerly of Morgan Stanley, have been on the podcast talking about how they led the day-to-day build of GPS, Morgan Stanley's planning system, and Wealthdesk, their desktop advisor workstation. So why don't you talk a little bit about their contributions and some of the things that they've been able to build and really bring into our industry to lead the way for what's coming? Sure. And I neglected to mention another critical player in addition to, obviously, Gorman and Saperstein, who run the firm. There's another fellow by the name of Ben Hunnicky who runs the platform. And Rose and Eric reported up to him. Together, what they built is they built a platform that really is the most comprehensive ecosystem, the most comprehensive advice platform in the industry. Rose built the planning tool and also built the retirement income program that Morgan Stanley now has on the market. It's the the first and only comprehensive retirement income program. Rose built that along with the planning tool and along with a whole bunch more. She didn't do it alone, of course, big team at Morgan Stanley working on this, but she clearly led the way. And Eric Lordy built out Wealthdesk, which is their advisor workstation where they incorporate their risk management tools from BlackRock's Aladdin and Lightfield's capabilities around tax optimization. And together between Ben and Rose and Eric and many, many more, what they've built is just an incredible system where they can manage risk, they can manage tasks, they can manage multiple accounts, they can quantify benefit, really an extraordinary story. And so what I mentioned earlier about E-Trade and Solium and Morgan Stanley at Work and Eaton Vance Parametric, all that feeds into this wealth management platform, which is clearly the most advanced The sad but not surprising news is both Eric and Rose have moved on from Morgan Stanley. Rose now leads Investment Money Guide as the group head there. Eric Lordy is moving on to a a place to be named later. It's not been revealed publicly, but he has moved on. And that's sort of another trend in our industry right now is talent is being recruited. There's a shortage with all that's needed to build out these uh, capabilities that we're describing. No doubt about it. So we should also point to another perspective on the Morgan Stanley strategy around their comprehensive advice platform that they're building, or what we've called a UMH or a unified managed household in the episode that Nicole Casperson was on. Nicole is a reporter who basically documented Morgan Stanley's work and others in a cover story for Investment News last October. And this trend was really huge for life yield as we played such a big part in enabling the unified managed household. So Jack, why don't you talk a little bit about that episode and kind of how it led to, you know, where the industry is today. In full disclosure, I've moved away from the term unified managed household and Nicole did a marvelous job in writing it up. And that is the end state. That's the end game. I think so many are shooting for is how do you pull it all together? So it's a unified experience. If you're the client around managing all the facets of wealth, as an example, where the industry is headed, talking about retirement income, since there's so many people retiring, 
around retirement income, you have to think about RMDs. You have to think about Social Security. You have to think about Roth conversion. You have to think about taxes. You have to think about risk. We've got growing inflation. Interest rates are rising. How are you going to handle all that? And so for a client, and doing a lot of work on this topic across the industry, is how do we consider all the variables, all the things we have to think about to maximize retirement income? So Nicole did a marvelous job, wonderful job in writing it up. Talked to many industry players who are working on we no longer call unified managed house. So I'm, I'm now calling comprehensive advice platform. The idea being let's, let's manage all this in a comprehensive way across the way. And this will be a, a, a multi-year effort across the industry. And speaking of that, we have some friends that we had on the show that talked about this and are building it in their own ways. Michael Leersh, who heads of advice and planning at Wells Fargo is on our show. He's, I think, our maybe our third or fourth episode in. And he's actually been one of our most popular because he talked about how to tie planning into implementation and look at things from an incremental standpoint, meaning what's the step-by-step approach to improve outcome over time? Always with a North Star out in front of you as guidance, if you will, as he, he uses that term. But the idea is what's the next best thing to do to improve outcome? We enjoyed his episode so much. We had Jess Liberi, who at the time was head of product at eMoney Advisor and is now in a senior role at a technology role at Fidelity. She was on with Michael. They were kind of finishing each other's sentences as eMoney is now the centerpiece for the program that's being built at Wells Fargo. And they just talked about how difficult it is for people to truly comprehend the impact small changes can make on their money. And that over time, if they make good, smart decisions incrementally over time, they're going to have a much brighter financial future. So it was very exciting to have both Jess and Michael on. It was good to have them on together, partners in working together in terms of bringing technology and advice along with the human being so that all are enabled to have a better outcome across the board. Interesting you say that, Jack, because one thing that we talk about pretty much every day is the intersection between human and digital advice. And another thing that I love learning from you on a daily basis is the history of our industry and how we got to where we are today because I didn't grow up in finance and I find it fascinating the way you describe it. So we had some of these conversations about the history and about communicating the value of all this with people like Len Reinhart, John Connors, and John Thiel, who are all well known within our space and in others. So why don't you talk a little bit about those episodes specifically and why they're so important to establishing the foundation we needed so that all of us could be successful with everything we're talking about right now? Sure. Well, Len is, in my mind, he would say otherwise, but uh, he really is the godfather, grandfather, forefather of the managed accounts or advisory business. In his past, he was at EF Hutton way back when. He would acknowledge Jim Lockwood as really the founder of the industry, but that's where the fee-based asset based business started was back at EF Hutton, later became Smith Barney Consulting Group, which Len, now Morgan Stanley. And Len also started Lockwood Advisors, one of the first TAMPs in our industry that was looking at a fee-based kind of business. And of course, many others followed. He also, he and his team wrote the first white paper on the unified managed household. He was talking about it 20 years ago. In fact, he sent me a copy not too long ago as a result of our podcast. So in the podcast, he talks a lot about the importance of bringing it all together, that unified experience. And really what it is, is really look at a client's assets, their goals and aspirations. What are they really trying to accomplish in their life beyond just financial, but family and all the rest? And really, you can only do that as you look at it in a more holistic way, which he highlighted. 
with John Connors, I have to say that was surprising. He's a friend of mine outside the business directly. He's many clients, frankly, within our business. He's a owns a very large Boston-based digital agency, 100 or so folks that work for him in Boston called Boathouse Group. And what I found out is he and I were having dinner because he and I were on do some uh, volunteer work for a, a local charity that we're involved with. As we're getting to know one another, he told me he was the guy that came up with the term total Merrill. So I mentioned this earlier with James Gorman. Total Merrill transformed our industry. Our industry is completely different because of that. And John was really at the birthing of that, if you will, where he did the marketing around that. And basically, Connors has always been about how do you drive a narrative? That's what we talked about on our podcast. It's actually one of our most popular podcasts and no one, very few people know him in the industry. So I think it had everything to do with the content of what he said. But the reason I think it's so popular is that we are in a business where stories uh, reign supreme and you got to tell a good story. And he did that for sure. In, in launching the Total Merrill concept. And he's someone I stay close to. In fact, we're going to have him back on the show. I want to have him go deeper on the that Total Merrill story. I, I see it as transformative. I also see, and he, he and I have talked about this offline, I also see as it portends for what's next in our industry. So we'll be having him back on as a guest uh, in the coming weeks. Awesome. So another person who, one, told an incredible story on our podcast, and two, played a critical role in driving this total Merrill campaign for many years is John Thiel, who was the formal head of Merrill Advisors for many years. So why don't you let us talk a little bit about John's episode and some of the things that he highlighted because decumulation, one thing that he mentioned a few times on his episode is something that's really been plaguing our industry for a long time and something that I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't highlight it on our uh, recap episode today. So John Thiel, in my mind, is just such a great leader. And he led the Merrill Advisors for many years. And Merrill Advisors, frankly, consistently have been among the most admired in our industry. And he, I think, in my estimation, has a lot to do with that. And he was there at the dawning of Total Merrill. He was the one that he and I have discussed this both on the podcast and otherwise. He was part of the senior leadership team that really helped drive the embrace of Total Merrill because, frankly, advisors said, what, we're going to get paid a fee or we're going to do a plan? I mean, you got to remember back then, this is early 2000s, it was stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. It was transactions. It was commissions. There was no fee. The fee thing was sort of a this new thing that other folks did. But he was able to make that and James Gorman's big idea, make it real. And, and along the way, what he also did in the beginning stages, it, uh, it remains unfulfilled completely, but he's a big proponent of this. And he, a lot of the sort of volunteer and board work that he does now is around financial literacy and helping investors achieve better outcomes. He's a big proponent of creating a comprehensive decumulation strategy. We talk about that in the podcast, the importance of that. But I, back to talking about Len and Connors and Thiel. All these folks are really committed to the long-term success of clients and of our industry, and they're very excited with what's happening with our industry. And, and our guests, frankly, are great examples of what our future holds. It's taken us a long time, and technology is now driving it, but we're bringing it all together as an industry, and so many of our guests were able to share their perspective as uh, John and Len have, have done on our podcast, and looking forward to have more of the same uh, as we go forward. So one thing that I know about all three of the leaders that you just talked about is and really everybody else that we're mentioning today on the show is how they emphasize growth in their business and how clearly all of them have contributed to a high growth business at some point in their career. One theme that I know that you and I talk about a lot is growth and how the growth orientation is really the new 
way forward in unifying everything across the business from marketing to sales to product to everything that we talked about today, right? And one person that stood out significantly on this topic among all the other 50 episodes that we had was Jasmine Jarrell, the CEO of Allianz. We liked her so much that we actually spread her episode into two parts and recorded a two-part episode with her. And I just want, I, I really would like to lean into this theme of growth here because that's how Jasmine came up in the business and what she basically brought to the table and why she was obviously elevated into the CEO role. So why don't you talk a little bit about what you learned in that conversation and why it was so significant and meaningful to you? Sure. So I'm a huge fan of Jasmine. I just think she's the bomb. And she is, uh, a year or so ago now, she was elevated to president and CEO of Allianz Life. The prior three years, she was the chief growth officer at Allianz. I believe they created that title and that role for her. And she, in that role, was responsible for everything from technology to venture capital to product development to the application of technology in, in the business and many more things I'm not highlighting. They brought it all together. It was basically everything but sales and sort of the financial stuff that is done by the CFO's office. And the remarkable thing that she did, and she would be the first to say that everyone at Allianz Life did together, was to generate a 30% year-over-year growth rate for three years. Now, the backdrop on that is the annuity business has been flat to down. The insurance industry has been flat to down seemingly forever. Yet Allianz was able to grow their business 30% per year. No surprise that she got elevated to CEO. I'm sure they was all lined up from the get-go. I don't know that for a fact, but it's my hunch. But what Jasmine did and what we talk about in the episode is it was the combination of innovative product, and that included, by the way, making venture capital investments in innovation. It was smart technology. That was also part of it. And a focus on the customer experience. And for them, the customer experience includes the end client, the advisors who serve those clients, and the firms who work with those advisors. So a really comprehensive strategy. And so her orientation is all around a very strong customer experience backed by digital tools and processes that enable advisors to really serve their clients in ways that are user-friendly and meet the client's needs. So again, I'm a huge fan. Along the same line, as we talked about as Jasmine's colleague, Heather Kelly, Heather is responsible for platforms and the work with RAAs. She's very much responsible for what goes on with regard to uh, technology and how they work with firms and so on. We had Heather on as a separate episode, separate guest. And what Heather shared with us was that she talked about the future of financial advice as being the desktop. What she means there is that that's really where financial advice takes place. It's, it's tech-enabled guidance and advice. The advisor can be more informed and deal with all the complexity that goes with it. Another person we had on our show that is related because uh, they work closely together as business partners is Heather and David Lau. David is the CEO and founder of DPL. DPL is a really innovative platform around annuities. David has just done a remarkable job of showing how to make annuities available at a lower cost in a more efficient way, in a simpler way, and has really grown the annuity business, certainly is, and the way advisors use them. And so it's really been a, it's been wonderful to, as we look at that growth track, is how do you put all this together, product and innovation around technology and customer experience and ease of use, and all three have done a remarkable job. No doubt about it. So... You know, one of the things that we work so hard at doing every week on this podcast is to make sure that we provide useful and actionable information about how human and digital device comes together. And at Life Yield, 
we really focused on this. And this is like the central component to a lot of our products is that, you know, they are a technology product in and of itself, but they enable the advisor, the end user to do a lot more than they would be able to do themselves. Can you just talk a little bit about some of the episodes that we've had with some of our colleagues and Mark, our CEO, and Steve Zushin and Harry and Jeff and Allison, who's our social security expert, and really what they're doing and the impact of the conversations that they're having on the industry. Because, you know, we may be entering this foray of all these large firms who are trying to accomplish a lot of these huge undertakings, but the conversations that our colleagues are having every day are really central to what's happening in the greater part of our industry. So can you just talk a little bit about what is going on and how some of these conversations that we've been having in the background are actually so significant to what's happening? One of the things that's been interesting for us is that we were, our client list includes the biggest names in the industry. And so the people that you mentioned, people like Mark Hoffman, people like Martin Cowley, another person that is on our team has our product. Harry Bartle heads enterprise sales and Steve Zushin, who heads up technology adoption, along with Jeff Quigley, who's a relationship manager, leads our relationship management stuff. Allison is just the bomb in terms of Allison, who is the person that seems to know everything there is to know about Social Security. They're working with advisors. They're working with clients at the home office. They're working with technicians, technologists. They're working with product developers, platform developers every single day. So there's no more of a front row seat than what we do at Lifefield is working with firms that are building out these comprehensive advice platforms. So we've had them on the show periodically. We don't want to make this a Lifefield commercial, but they really do have a front row seat to what's going on and what the innovations are. We're always very careful not to reveal too much, any proprietary information for that matter. But essentially what we're doing really is we see a lot and we can see what the trends are, what the challenges are, what the issues are. And as you're building out and creating this, essentially what we're involved with is creating a new category. As we're doing that, we want to share what we're learning because a lot of people are grappling with the fact a lot of the reason people listen to this podcast is to find out what other people are doing. So we have had the good fortune of having our friends and colleagues who are working with these folks day in and day out. One thing I just want to highlight and underscore, we had an episode with Allison and Jeff on Social Security. And as we all like to point out, there's 2,700 rules on Social Security that you need to know. Allison seems to know all of them. So we do a lot of work with our firms, a lot of work with advisors on that Social Security front. It's the first question people ask when they consider retirement. So there's a lot of questions, but most of them are pretty straightforward. We've developed software that makes it simple to come up with a solution and how to maximize income. All that works. But along the way, people have questions and, and we're able to help there. And we had a, a fun episode and just talking about that and ways that people can use software. And there's a lot of good software out there, but I think we bring a little bit more to the table because we not only know how it works on that particular item, but then how it fits into the bigger picture of uh, maximizing retirement income. And I would be remiss if I didn't highlight our friend Mary Beth Franklin at Investment News, a columnist there who is as expert as they come, Allison's hero on social security issues and what have you. And we just had Mary Beth on the show and always fun to talk with her. She's uh, such a bright light, knows so much about what's going on, knows advisors well. And uh, we had a fun episode and instructive episode as well with Mary Beth. So, Jack, this has been great. We've covered a lot of ground today in talking about some of our most popular episodes. But really, as much as we covered, we only talked about less than half of the guests that we've had, which means that there's a lot more that people can learn from on the show. 
Matt, you were so right. This has just been a great opportunity to get to know some real thinkers and leaders this year over the course of our podcast schedule. It's not only been informative, but a lot of fun. We really had a, had a ball. We've just, you and I chat about after each episode about, boy, that was, that was the best one yet. So really been fun to learn so much. And for the people who want to understand what's going on with regard to comprehensive advice platforms, they can learn a lot from listening to Wealth Tech on Deck. I still do it myself because I always learn something new. And as excited as I am about what we did this past year, I'm as equally excited about what we're going to be doing next year. We've got a bunch of very fun and interesting stories lined up. We've got Ainsley Simons, the CEO of Pershing X, very cool startup within a large bank. That's a fun one to watch. He's doing some cool stuff. Chip Rome, who heads up Tiburon Conferences, always has a perspective on the industry that's forward thinking and incisive. Paul Nelson is the president of Global Atlantic, doing some very interesting things that go beyond the annuity purview. We'll talk about what she's working on. Just talked to Rob Pepman today to line up our conversation. Rob oversees essentially wealth management products and platforms at LPL. So we'll be talking to him. Frank McAleer is doing some interesting stuff around wealth planning at Raymond James. And I can keep going, but we've got some great guests, interesting stuff. We've been uh, lining them up left and right. We're going to be hearing from people from EY, we're going to be hearing from folks across the industry who are doing all sorts of interesting, far-reaching, and very cool stuff. So exciting year ahead, Matt. Can't wait. No doubt. So, Jack, I can't let you go without asking our favorite question every week <laughs> that we have on WellTech on Deck. And that's switching gears a little bit to the personal side of things. And I know that you and I know each other pretty well at this point after a few years of working together, but I really want to know, and I think that the listeners who listen to you every week ask this question also really want to know, what is so important to Jack Shari in his personal life that he is committed to outside of the amazing work that you're doing in Lifefield? Let's see. There's a lot. Certainly my family. But one of the things I've been working on lately, you've been hearing about a little bit, Matt, as I, uh, I'm president of the Hale Education Board. We're doing some very exciting work near where I live outside of Boston, but uh, we serve thousands, over 10,000 primarily kids, over the course of a year on 1,100 acres uh, west of Boston. A lot of the kids who we serve are from the inner city. First time seeing a pond and a frog and all the rest and uh, very exciting stuff. And we're raising some money. We're doing some good work. We're making a difference. We're giving people opportunity that uh, don't always have that opportunity. So that's what I'm rather passionate about when I'm not doing uh, Wealth Tech on Deck and doing my life field thing. It's great to hear. Great to hear. So thank you for that. Thank you for being a guest today. Uh, for all the listeners who want to learn more about WealthTech on Deck, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, what have you. If you like what we're doing, please share what we're doing. And we really look forward to the next episode. So thanks, Jack. Thanks for sitting in. Great. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for being a, such a great host. Thanks for listening to this episode of WealthTech on Deck our ongoing conversation about improving financial outcomes for all. This podcast is brought to you by LifeYield and produced by Reverb. Subscribe to future episodes in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can connect with our host, Jack Sherry, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And for more information about our perspective on the future of financial advice, visit our website at lifeyield.com.